Hola, hola. Hola, hola. Yo soy Esme. Y yo soy Magali. Welcome to Dualidad Podcast. Episode 3. I don't know why my voice went low. Nice and mysterious. Nice and mysterious. We were figuring out our audio. Oh, yeah. Sorry about all that. But we're good now. We're good now. We're good now. Amiga, I was thinking today we should, or actually every episode, we should Mm -hmm. start with a little like, we should put some structure to our podcast, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yes. We should start our episodes with a check-in or a fun little game to break the ice so mm-hmm. that we can get into the podcasting mood because I know that helps me and I know it would be one. fun to listen to. <laughs> All right. So, Amiga, I was thinking for today, mm-hmm. we should start off with a a weekly check-in, if you will. A okay. little fallas moment. Puras fallas moment <laughs> so i was thinking we could have a fun little segment called las fallas de la semana okay me gusta me gusta but it's not gonna be all about fallas you should share some some good news too okay. <laughs> let's keep it positive <laughs> so if you want to like share a fail um and a win of the week okay. maybe fail and a win of the week gusta, um you can choose as many as you like <clears throat> okay. i know life is weird bueno, mi... empiezo con las fallas para terminar positivo. Mi sí. falla de esta semana fue editar el podcast y no poder arreglar el audio. <risa> Perdone. Estoy, estoy tratando de arreglarlo todo, a ver, qué, a ver cómo sale. Creo que este va a salir mejor, creo que se va a escuchar mejor. <risa> Tenemos setup nuevo aquí, bien loco. Um, y sí, y mi buen de esta semana... Fue ir a un pumpkin patch con una bebecita que cuido. Oh, it was so fun. That sounds fun. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's so cute. And I bought her a little pumpkin. And it's so cute seeing kids get excited over anything. And she showed her parents. She put it in her front porch. Like, she did the whole thing. And I was like, oh. That is so cute. I feel like having kids around during the holidays is so much better because they get excited over everything. And they make it fun. They're the fun of the holidays. They really are. Also, about the audio, like it's only our third episode. We're figuring it out here. We're figuring it out here. We can only get better. We can only get better. That's the motto. We can only get better from here. I hope this one sounds way better. Uh, I'm sure it will. Yeah. Y si no, pues perdónenos y al siguiente se los traemos mejor. Ipsies, but stick with us. Stick, stick with, with us. us. Stick with us. Stick with us. We're getting better. Um, so for me, I saw this tweet that was like, adult life is saying it's always something or every day is something new. <laughs> And I completely feel that. I felt that this whole week. <laughs> Cuando las mamás te decían, siempre es algo. Siempre. No, 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 da una. <laughs> And they're right. They're right. I really feel like that this week. Because this week, me pasó de todo. Let's be real. But I got, my my biggest falla of the week was that I got sick. I got like, I think I have sinusitis maybe or maybe allergies. I don't know what it is. Honestly, I hate going to the doctor because. Sí, no, no. Y aparte, the healthcare system sucks here yeah. and it's expensive. So I will only be going to the doctor until I go to Mexico, <laughs> which is a couple of months from now. Um. 
But yeah, it got really bad and it was just like draining my energy and like messing with me. And if you hear me sniffling, it's because of that. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> maybe let's cut that. <laughs> cut. Cut. Um, but yeah. And then my win of the week was that, well, I think I have two. One of them is that I can't believe we actually released the podcast. Yes. Yes. It's one week old. I know. Aww. And I'm so happy. Um, yeah. I, I, it feels like um, it's been forever. Porque hemos estado trabajando en este proyecto por poquito tiempo. And I just can't, like, I literally can't believe we actually released it. and like. People like it. I know. I know. It makes me so happy. It makes me so happy to see. I think it surpassed my expectations, but I think I'm overall just really proud of us because we did that. I think we've we've been talking about it for so long, but actually executing it and like putting it out there because it's one week old, but it's taking me out of my comfort zone. Even just like posting reels and like TikToks and stuff. Something I would never have it's a done lot. by myself, like, actually. Exactly. Like, no, this me da pena. Me da pena. Siempre me da pena. And so, I'm, I don't know, I'm just really proud sí, of us and really excited for the future. And then my second win of the week is that this week I took the time to take care of myself, like, some Aww. self-care moments, you know. Mm-hmm. took one of those long warm showers that oh. where you, like, exfoliate and shave and everything. Like, that finally happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was much needed. I got my eyebrows done. Like I booked a nail appointment. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. So we're like we're like getting our getting our spirits back up and just like I think creating new healthy habits, new routine in the morning and stuff. And just taking care of yourself. Yeah, because that helps me a lot to just like feel less anxious and like depressed and stuff. So yeah, that's been really cool this week. And then my birthday's coming up next hey, week, so I'm really hey, excited. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. That's it. A Libra baby. A Libra baby. So today's topic, we're going to talk about um, just our experiences in navigating college, navigating white spaces, figuring it out, um, and being the first in your family to do so, and what it feels like to be low income in these big elite places. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a heavy topic. It's a heavy, it's a heavy one. But I think it's one that really like speaks to my soul because it's been my whole identity for it's been my most recent identity for the past four years. And then just like, I think my adult life. So it's something that I got a lot to say. (laughs) Okay. Quieres empezar? Mm, Yeah. So I think let's bring it back all the way to freshman year of college and like just kind of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, college was always kind of a the second point in my path that I was going to take. I knew that once I graduated college, I mean high school, I was going to go to college. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that became a thing because honestly, my parents did not go to college or people around me hardly did. But it just kind of became the thing in high school where everyone was like, yeah, I'm going to college. And it was the like the fancy, cool, good student thing to do. It's also, I feel like, part of the American dream. So I think... It's very enforced. I mean, tus papás te dicen, no, tienes que estudiar. So they kind of like low-key enforce that a little bit. Sí. And so you feel good that that's the next step in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it honestly, it baffles me because I look back and there was this energy around going to college from like teachers and, and everyone around you where they would feel proud for the people that were 
going to college but then there were so many people who did it on that that wasn't their goal and yeah. it kind of it became like this weird yeah it was like mm. yeah like you're you're a college student woohoo but the others were like not a college student so they just didn't get any attention yeah. that's how i felt yeah that's how i felt it was like okay she's doing the right thing she's gonna be big she's gonna like be successful and you're not and i feel like that's how they put it yeah it makes people feel like terrible or even like going to community college it was so it was so looked down upon upon and it like looking back i'm like damn and honestly and unconsciously i'm sure that i did that to people from like my grade level where it was like yeah i'm going to northeastern university you know what i mean and like oh you're gonna community college i know subconsciously there was some same here i think I looked down, even uh, like local colleges, because I did go to UH and I was like, you know what, this is not that serious. Like, it's not that big. And I got a full ride, so it didn't feel like a big accomplishment. Like, for me, accomplishing something means struggling to get it. And I know that's wrong, but that's literally how I was raised, like struggle to get it. And I did not struggle in receiving, like, of course, like you have to write essays and all that, but like, it felt like a easy, like I, I just got a full ride and I'm forever grateful for that, but it did not feel like the hardest work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that falls back on the way that we've just been like overachievers all, all our life. So that was expected out of us. You know what I mean? Like we couldn't, we couldn't have any less because we literally could not afford any less. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's actually been the case and I'm sure we'll talk about it throughout the podcast, but the fact that all these big accomplishments, we don't even see them as accomplishments anymore because see? we're just jaded and we're just like, no, like that wasn't a big deal. Like, other people are doing better things or yeah. like there's more I could have done, you know, and yeah. our accomplishments, we never celebrate them as well as our family doesn't truly yeah. celebrate them. But I think us, we like don't celebrate ourselves. I think we don't celebrate ourselves because our families don't. So we're like, mm, okay, maybe it's not that big of an accomplishment or like, I think our families expect so much of us that our big accomplishments are like another tally in the board. You know what I mean? Like going to college. Oh, yes. She, she like you were expected to go to college. Like you were expected to study because you are who you are. And you've set these expectations. You've set high expectations for them to like set on. So any accomplishment past that, it was like, okay, just another tally mark to the like uh, starboard, but not an actual like you know thing and even when when i was younger i never got rewarded for good grades or any accomplishments any extracurricular like i never got awarded and i think that just kind of became my norm throughout throughout Mm -hmm. everything and then when i got to college it was like okay yeah i'm in college you know yeah it doesn't really i don't know like it it was expected of me it was expected of me um so yeah i think that that was the first weird part of transitioning into college mm-hmm. looking back and then I think the second thing for me was choosing a major and like oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> figuring that one out because I was such a people pleaser that I would people would ask me what do you want to do what do you want to study and I actually was going to study engineering oh. biomedical <laughs> engineering yeah I was like I was accepted to like the engineering program and deep down I knew that that's not what I wanted to do yeah. But I, I didn't question it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to hustle and, like, get the degree and do it. Like, how hard could it be, you know? Mm-hmm. And, oh, and I was getting all these positive responses la, from people. La ingeniera. La ingeniera va a ser doctora, va a ser esto. La licenciada. No, no, no. no. 
ingeniera, la doctora. Like, that was just so big. And everyone was like, wow, she's going to do great things. And all these, like, positive yeah. affirmation from people felt so good that I was never want to be like no actually you know what that's not what i want to do mm -hmm. you know what you know what i mean even though i knew like deep down i knew that's not what i wanted to do yeah. oh no. <laughs> i felt that i felt that but okay well i went into okay. into the university of houston um thinking i was going to do engineering and i did get accept accepted for that program and a and m's um and my parents were like oh like you need that da -da 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 -da. but then Something switched in me. Like, I am so glad I did this before actually going into college. Uh, I decided to switch my application to undeclared. And that was probably the best decision I've ever made. Porque entré y una... Es, tenía una clase de ingeniería. Uh-uh. Absolutely not. I stepped in there and I was like, yeah, this is not for me. And I, I was at that point where I could take it off before anything happened. So, like, it was just... It was the first week, to be honest. So, I was like, okay... Um, and then I decided to take in, um, I think it was a theater class, like complete opposite. And it felt so wrong. It felt like betraying everyone but myself. And it felt good, honestly. I was like, oh my gosh, like I love, I we went to plays and all that. And it felt good, but like, it just felt like, I felt like a disappointment. Like truly deep down, I was like, mm, maybe like, why am I, I don't even want to do theater. I just... It was an extracurricular, um, but it felt so good to not be doing engineering. Well, I honestly did not know that part of your story. I didn't know that, but the same thing happened to me. Like first day of school, first week of classes, I stepped into my engineering classes and I remember it was after calculus and then after chemistry where I literally broke down. I broke down. I was like, this is not what I want to do. Like, I just felt so anxious about the future and just felt yeah. like I cannot do this for four years. I could not. No. And I think it was the first time that I was truly listening to my gut and going with my instinct on like what feels right. My intuition was yeah. like telling me like, this is not for you, you know? But I was so scared of letting down my, like, yeah. mind you, I was in Boston, far away <laughs> from my family. And I remember like calling my mom, like, I don't want to be a disappointment. Like, oh. I know that, I know I can make it, but I don't think I can do engineering. Like, this is not for me. And she was like, you have you can do whatever you want oh, oh. yeah and that's the first time i got validation that like you know like yeah okay. that i was okay and that i could do whatever i wanted oh. and i also went to the undeclared office and i was like hi like <laughs> crying like a little freshman like hi i'm really scared <laughs> and you know you know those like good counselors in high school oh, yes. like the good counselors that was the the undeclared office oh. in my school. Like they were so nice. They took me in. They, it was like my campus. They were like my campus mom, and they were like, "It's okay. We can figure it out." Oh. And they immediately changed me to undeclared, and it was the most freeing thing ever. Right. I for once felt like I was doing something for myself. I yeah, it's exactly how it felt. It, you felt like some <clears throat> in some sense like betraying everyone but you, and that's exactly how I felt. I did change my major like before I entered school, but I would visit the undeclared office and all of them were like what I would picture grandmas to be like see of course you're gonna figure it out like da -da -da. like you're gonna do great just go with the flow take your like basics and then continue they were so accepting yeah and it kind of makes me like regret my I wish I would have gone to like a liberal arts college because mm -hmm. I feel like they, that's the feel for it 
like I feel like the undeclared program is very much like you explore you try out new things you try out different paths like try out as many things as possible because I think they understand that you're a complex human being that has different interests like some people are very like driven and are medical school lawyer engineer like they know when to do that but a lot of us are not and it was so good to finally see someone who accepted and embraced that duality i think most people before uh reaching the college university arena um don't value undeclared majors or anyone that's willing to explore as much they're like what are you gonna study like uh i remember everyone in high school would be like you have to like have it figured out and the amount of times i cried before even entering college especially because I thought I couldn't do it because I'm undocumented. Hmm. And so I was like, how am I ever going to apply? My counselors were like terrible, like terrible, terrible, terrible. So they never helped. They didn't know how to navigate undocumented, the undocumented aspect of being a university student. Um, it wasn't until someone from UT Austin, two people from UT Austin went into the um, uh, counselor's office and would be there like every so every every day, some every like Tuesdays of the week, whatever. Um, and they started like explaining like, hey, you can go to college, you can make it. Like, I, I honestly was just gonna go to community school, um, porque see, I thought I couldn't do it, and like, you know, I didn't think I could get scholarships and do all these things. And so they introduced me to a lot of resources. Yo bien pregunto because I was desperate, and I'm usually a very quiet kid, but I was like, hey, like, please help me. Um, I ended up getting like a good amount of scholarships to UT and a lot of resources from them. And UT was my first choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I didn't, I don't know, I didn't want to go there after, like at the end. And I did get a full ride to UH, so, you know, financial. Money, money beats anything. But uh-huh. see, I feel like no one embraces that aspect of exploring. Yeah. It also makes me really sad that you're not the first person, undocu person that tells me that everyone just sucks at supporting yeah. undocu students, especially in Houston. Like, that makes me so sad because if anything, especially, like, public HIS, Houston yeah. Independent School District schools should have counselors and people who, who can support exactly. students. That just infuriates me. And then going beyond, I know that in colleges, it's not any better. Like, the support yeah, towards undocumented students is just whack. But, yeah, that, that just makes me so sad that even in high school, you had to yeah. – you had to – put an extra work to figure it out yeah because i don't think anyone and it wasn't only me because i remember like two of my friends um were also like well i don't i don't know what to do because i don't think i can get like scholarships and and so the resources i would get i would give to them and they one of them ended up at uh with me uh same scholarship and then the other one at a&m and like we're all doing great but it was through like the people that visited our schools that we got these resources. Otherwise, we would have been, like, super lost. And, like, you know. Right. Already lost about majors and then lost about how to navigate it. No. Puras fallas. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's such a stressful time, especially mm-hmm. low-income first-gen. I remember just how much stress I had around the financial aspect See. of it. The financial aspect of it was just insane to think um, I remember I ultimately I also got like a I got like the rodeo scholarship here in Houston and I had 
a lot of my top choices were like UT and like schools here in Houston, um, here in Texas, sorry. But ultimately I made my decision because of who would give me the most financial aid. Mm -hmm. And even though my financial aid came from a different, very far away school, (laughs) um, and it would still be like expensive. It was still cheaper to go there than to stay here. Yeah. Um. So that was insane. But I just remember the stress of like being a, fr- a, f- uh, a little freshman and, you know, your parents cannot help you and you cannot even half rely on like a college fund from them yeah. or even, you know, just emergency support. Because in reality, they're trying to put out fires every single day yeah. of their lives in our family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was just so stressful to still have to like figure it out and and think about money and then just be in a in a school or with peers who most of them for them money was never an issue for who some of them were like paying out of pocket like these university costs and just realizing that and like being around like all these privileged kids was so draining it was draining and i can't imagine what it was like for you because i did like you're out of state no parents like i i stay i lived with my parents throughout college and like sometimes i really needed their support but i like you whole nother state whole nother like i think even because you, I mean, Houston is very diverse. I can't imagine. What, I don't think Boston is as diverse as Houston is. So, no. like navigating that, I know, like navigating that on top of like financial issues, and then not having your parents, having to like live on your own for the first time ever, having to like do all these adult things at such a young age, that's insane. It's like a form of independent that. You you have to experience at such a young age. I like, know it's insane. But like most of these kids, go to college and because they have it all paid for, they don't really care and like they can just quit at any time, call their parents at any time for money, and that's not the case. That was not the case. Yeah, yeah, and it's insane. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I could go back and like give eighteen year old me a hug, because. She went through it, and she was so... Uh, but she got us here. Like, yeah. she got us here. So shout you out to that. 18-year-old us. <laughs> you did that. But, yeah, it's it's just an insane thing to, to think that at 18 years old, they, the world expects us to make such big decisions and yeah. to have it all figured out. And, you know, that question of, like, what are you going to do? What, what, what major are you going to do? What career do you want to go into? Like, that's such a big question to ask and something that actually annoys me because yeah. even even graduating college i remember getting it so it's like what's your next step like wh- what field are you going into what's your job See. that just that becomes all the conversation like so what's next what's next what? but what about the here and now like exactly. what about our well-being what about our human side like i just hate that it all becomes about like mm-hmm. career and education and profession and all these things that yeah of course they matter but i don't know i just think there's other things that matter more i think yeah because it's so easy especially while in college or with any professor to begin a conversation with hey what's your major or like hey what are you studying what are are your next steps and everyone expects the best from you like the most perfect thing ever especially when you're about to graduate they're like what do you have a job lined up like 
what are you doing next? Dun, 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 dun. What are you? What are your next steps? And it gets so draining because you are also asking yourself that question, and yeah. there's no way you can answer it without being judged if you don't have an answer for what they are asking. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? It also frustrates me because a lot of these adults who are asking these questions don't know what they're doing either. Yeah. Like everyone, every at least 99% of the people I've talked to always say like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I figured it out as I went. Like I was in this completely different path. I, you know, I switched around. Um, so I don't know where this question comes for us, this expectation to have it figured out. Exactly, because they didn't. And I don't know why they expect us to have it figured out when they are the professionals here. So it's insane. It's literally draining. And please don't ask us that. No, please stop asking. Please stop asking, please stop asking. anyone. Honestly, ask them about how they're doing. Yeah. Well-being. Mentally. Mentally, physically. Emotionally. What makes them happy? What are their hobbies? What are their passions? Yeah. That I think that's much more valuable than like What's your major? What's your major? Unless, you know, your major could be your hobby and your passion. That's exactly. cool too, but like, you know, it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. But we'll see. Amiga. But can we also talk about like bro culture? Like struggle bus culture. Porque yo cuando estaba en la en la universidad. Of course I'm getting everything paid for, but like and I'm working. I'm also like working throughout all this. So it's even like worse. Mm -hmm. You have to work, you have to go to college, and then you have to come home and like attend to your family. Because we are, after all, the first. I'm, I mean, usually the oldest daughter. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I have all these expectations for me at home and then in college and then like everything else. So it was just insane for me to be i don't know how i did it honestly porque trabajaba como 20 horas 25 20 25 horas and then i would go to school uh full time um and then come home and like take care of my sister sometimes and do all that and it was just insane and i think it's a very specific struggle because when i was in college my freshman year especially i had very wealthy friends and it was insane because they would always be like, let's go out here or let's do this. And I had no money. Mm. I literally had no money to spend on myself. I porque yo, o pagaba mi comida que quería llevarme a la escuela or like my books and stuff like that. Or like go out and eat, you know, with my friends. And I just couldn't do it. And I remember specifically having a friend that she would always complain about, oh, I'm broke. Like I'm broke. No, 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 no. Uh, y le pregunté. Turns out her parents paid for her school. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, of course. Like, whatever. But she was like, I'm like, I'm so broke. Like, I have lived in such a little house. Girl, I took a look at her house porque me la enseñó. Mm -hmm. Whole mansion. Whole freaking mansion. And she would always be like, I don't have money for this. No, she did. <laughs> she did have money for everything. Y siempre su papá le daban dinero. She hadn't worked a day in her life. Girl. And it's she privilege. was privileged. She, like, I think at this point she was a senior. I was, no, maybe a junior. And she was, a, I was a freshman. Um, and she had never worked a day in her life. Was going to graduate soon. I think she graduated early. Hmm. And, like, nothing nothing and it was it was just 
like I had never experienced seeing someone that privileged before porque todos mis amigos eran you know we come from low income and like I've never I had never been exposed to that amount of wealth before mm -hmm. and like having parents pay for you or like hearing hearing girls especially when I went to tailgates hearing people say like oh I'm just here to party I was like that's insane like that's mm -hmm. insane to me because they're not paying for it their parents yeah. are and they're not like this opportunity is not as big for them as it is for us yeah amiga that's insane to me because i well once recently i saw a tweet that was like it's such a privilege to only get to do school only have to do school not like have to do work or mm -hmm. you know other things for me for me it was work and volunteering. Oh, volunteering like i had to pay for i had to pay in in community service for my scholarship <laughs> you know what i mean um but it's insane to me that some people can be a college student that's such a privilege it's such a privilege because you only get to like focus on studying and doing good at school that's yeah and then to appropriate broke culture like Ooh. how is uh, how uh, it makes no sense why would you say you have a tiny house when you don't <laughs> yeah why would you appropriate broke like There, some of us are actually struggling out here like it's bad and then you want to come and say stuff like that to someone who's actually going through it and then you see their reality and it's like not yours i mean it's probably broke to them yeah like maybe they are broke to them but like girl i am a different type of broke yeah <laughs> like don't come play with me like that and and you know what it's interesting because if she was broke at the moment maybe it was because she doesn't she didn't earn her own income which yeah. that makes sense but at the same time You're well taken care of. You're well taken care of, and you can always work and have your own little dinerito. Sí. But at the end of the day, you still have the comfort of your home and your family and your parents who got who have money. You know what I mean? You can always refer back to them. And whereas for for me, for me when I was far away in college, I was broke, broke because I didn't want to be a burden to my parents, an extra burden to my parents who are already struggling to make ends meet here at home, and then me like asking for money like no i was gonna work for that yeah it's insane that we yeah we can't obviously we think about our parents they can't do that for us and i just hate asking for money and i know you do too yeah. so we feel like oh no like mm -hmm. a burden it's yeah it sucks and then it it's so hard because in college a lot of the, so many social interactions revolve around money mm -hmm. and honestly my freshman year i would literally not go out just so i didn't have to spend money Yeah, it it makes me really sad because looking back, like I would not go out. My like a lot of my friends were going. I had a work study job back then, mm -hmm. where I would learn like a fixed amount of money. It was probably like a thousand dollars per semester, which is nothing. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's maybe no, maybe like a little bit more, a little so maybe like max two thousand probably. Yeah. But that was my spending money. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's plus my savings because every summer I would like work and save enough for like each semester. Same. But that was my spending money for like the whole semester and. I was like pinching pennies, you know what oh, I mean? God. Like I would not go out like if someone invited me like maybe I would have coffee and stuff, but I See. was on uh, it was struggle bus. Like it was real it was struggle, struggle bus. bus. And then some people would be like, "Hey, let's go out, let's do this and that." And it, it was just so hard to I one I did not want to explain myself that I couldn't because I needed to save yeah. money or I didn't have money. And two, it was just, it, it was sad to see that other people were living, you it's know. It's kind of degrading, though. It's so degrading. I was like, no, I can't. Yeah. Uh, I have, like, to do this with my family. No, I didn't. 
I just didn't have money. Exactly. And it's so it's so it's so degrading to you, like people your age. Just have fun and like have the the privilege of just being young. Young college students. Being college students. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, even like the having fun aspect, like I took me like a good probably six months to realize that I could have fun. Girl. That I deserve to have fun. Yeah. That I could go out at night and my mom wasn't around to tell me don't go out. See, sí, like no, no te iban a regañar. No me iban a and that I deserve to have fun because yeah. it's work hard, play hard. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't think honestly, it wasn't until I met my current friends that I, I went out porque I would always be like I can't have fun or like the people that I hung out with my freshman year and stuff like that weren't people to have fun with because they liked expensive. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I can't do that, obviously. But my friends now, we all understand each other's struggles. And, like, we kind of take that into consideration every time we do go out. Uh, and I love it. I love it. And it took me, even when we would go out at first, I would not have fun. Because mm-hmm. I was like, this. it was such a privilege for me, like, to even be there that I didn't think of it. Like, I just couldn't have fun, even if I tried. Yeah. Like, of course, I was there and, like, you know, having a good time. But in the back of my mind, I was just thinking, like, oh, I can't be, like, doing this or, like, have this and that. The only reason that I would actually have money to spend was because I had my stipend for my scholarship at the end of the semester. So, mm-hmm. like, that little period in between semesters, I, obviously, most of it would go to my savings. But, like, I would allot myself some fun money um, so that I would be able to go out and have fun. Porque si no, I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, and I would save up that money for like big stuff, like my car and like in case I needed books for the next semester, like it was never like the amount of the stipend I would get would go to like responsibilities, not fun. And I, mm. I hated that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I th- I think I still struggle sometimes with, ha- with having fun. Same. Like I feel like I feel guilty for having fun. Cause I'm like, oh. sometimes I'm like, my dad's working. I should not be having fun. Or my mom is at home. Like, I should be with her instead of having fun. Yeah. And this always happened to me when I would I would go on trips. I'd be like, ah, why do I get to leave and, like, go explore or go have fun while my parents are suffering or while my family is going yeah. through this, this, this thing? And even for me, like, going to college felt like such a privilege and such a, like, a... Uh, like a weird situation because I felt like going to college I got to get away from home and family problems and like their struggles mm-hmm. and just kind of dissociate from that oh, you know what yeah. I mean like you you kind of get to go and live a different reality where where it's like you're with your educated professors and your intellectual friends and you know yeah. you get to have fun and do college college kid things um and then just kind of be I think it in looking back, it was actually me being my true self. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're you're a college student, which you know you should act like one and do the things that our college students do. But it was just so hard to like break apart from your your identity back at home, yes. like that person that you are and those struggles that you think define you. But yeah. in reality, they, they don't. don't. They, they don't. don't. They're not your struggles. I feel like because I feel like because we are. I I feel like we're both in that same kind of aspect of being the oldest daughters and like that's same yeah. mentality so we feel like we need to care for our family and we've been put in this place of like 
their problems are your problems. Mm -hmm. So every time you would go out and do something that was common for people your age to do, you would feel guilty. Like, I still feel guilty going out or like mm -hmm. when I we take trips and stuff like that. I'm like, you know what? My mom's at home working, taking care of my sisters, which I usually sometimes help her with. Or like, you know, I, I try to help her as much as I can. Um, and I just feel guilty when I, I leave or like when I when I this is so yeah like you said disassociate from the struggles we are going through at home because we've kind of been accustomed to making them our own making them our own and like fixing them for them yeah when in reality it's it's not even our problems it's like no. they chose this reality um no that sounds me no. they didn't choose this reality but they they are going through this reality so that we are able to um go to college and like be better for ourselves yeah i think what it took me so long to understand was what i'm finally understanding actually is that um our parents their situation is very different because they i think like we talked in the first episode like they came here to establish us to mm -hmm. give us the foundation. The, the foundation and and in reality came here to give us the to to be able to give us opportunities and and different possibilities mm -hmm. like now we have a wide range of opportunities that we can yeah. take because they they struggled you know and it sucks because it was them who had to go through yeah. it but that doesn't mean we have to we we have choices now we have choices thankfully and that's something that we'll never take for granted because i very much appreciate my same. parents for the struggle but at the same time we need to let go of this idea that we still have to make their struggle worth it because they wholeheartedly did that you yeah. know they they chose to 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 come here and give us a better life yeah. and now we can we can make our life what we want to make it exactly. you know we have that choice i think it's a privileged choice to have because they built a foundation we wouldn't otherwise have had and so i think it's it's fair for us to appreciate it but don't like hold it against us so like Yes, they struggled, but that doesn't mean we have to struggle or, like, carry their struggles with us. Yeah. Porque they, like, that's, that was their, I hope, dream to, like, see us prosper and, like, flourish. And be shine free. And like, be, be free, free and have options, options that they never had. Yeah, options that they never had. And I think we should take that into account. I know sometimes they, like, porque mi mamá cuando me voy, sometimes she's like, no, 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 no. Like, she'll make me feel slightly guilty, but I'm like, mom. Like, I have to, like, oh, live, girl. you know? Girl, I think going to college for me was such a boundary setter. Like, unconsciously, it was a See? big boundary that I set because it was, like, my home life is separate from my college life. But I'm realizing now that um, my mom makes me feel so guilty. Yeah. Like, every time I would go to college, like, she would be really sad and just like, oh, you're leaving. Like, I love you so much and I want to see you go. And then I would get this, like, feeling of, damn I, I am going why am I going like I should be staying with my family and helping them and just being close to them but now that I've been home because of the pandemic and because of just life yeah. relocated back in Houston I'm realizing that being away and like setting that boundary is good and yeah. it's kind of it's kind of toxic the way they guilt you into like feeling like you need to stay because when every time I'm leaving from home I feel like why am I leaving if things are so good here But when I'm actually here stable and, like, back with my family, I'm like, no, this is why I left. You know, yeah. I get reminded of the lack of boundaries, the lack of – the just the – Yeah, the toxicity of home. The toxicity like, of home, yeah. Yeah, same. I remember this specifically because I 
for my last semester in college because I never got the full college experience. You know, I lived with my parents at home. I would only go there to study and then work. Um, so I really never had fun. And for my last semester, I wanted to experience the like uh, college. Just I just wanted to experience college. And I told my parents like, hey, I finally have enough money to like live on campus. And I want to go there and like, you know, be more involved and like go to these events and extracurricular activities. And my dad, I still lived with my dad at this point. He said, if you leave this home, you will not have a home when you come back. And so I didn't. I didn't go to college because he made me feel so guilty. He was like, I'm your parent now. If you leave, I can't provide the support I'm providing for you now because you chose to leave. And I was like, wow, that that's insane. It was insane to me that he did that because he took away from part of my experience that I could afford because I was, I never asked my parents for anything. Like mm-hmm. I never asked them for anything except of course shelter with when I was in college. But I, yeah, I, I didn't get to do these things because they make you feel guilty, girl. Like, yeah, they make you feel guilty for, for doing, for wanting better, for wanting better. And oh, for I, wanting independence, for wanting independence. I think, I think they, like of course we're talking about like their struggles are are not going in vain but they also make it feel like you're not doing enough sometimes and like like you got to struggle like with them like you got to struggle with them like because if you're not and that's where part of our achievement go, goes to like if we don't struggle for that achievement it's not an achievement mhm uh because they raised us like that they're like uh you're not you know my struggles have to be your struggles because we did that for you and now you have to like carry it on and no we don't no. we really don't wow. <laughs> oh yeah this makes me so sad and like i love i love my parents i love my I love parents, my but parents of too. to every parent there's like fault yeah especially immigrant parents immigrant parents i think they pass on so much of their trauma yeah. unhealed trauma to us and when you uncover it you're like wow yes. so that's why this happens I think it makes me sad for them too. Yeah. Because they don't know any better. I don't they blame don't, them. No, I, don't I don't blame them. them. But it's just so hard. It's it's hard to cope with what they put out. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm like, I know they didn't mean that like actually, but they said it. Mm-hmm. And now I have to like live with that reality that they did say it. Yeah. And so I sometimes it's just, you know, hard to like navigate all these new things in life while having to deal with being guilt tripped mm-hmm. while having to like be unfinancially financially unstable and it's just so much it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot but we did that but we're but we're doing it we're doing it we're doing it yeah <laughs> nevertheless we graduated we graduated <laughs> we yeah, got we the got degree it. wait i still don't have my degree but we got the degree <laughs> No, amiga. What? It's been months. It's been months. What the heck? If it doesn't reach by mid-October, aka next week, I'm fighting someone. Yeah, yeah. With my diploma. Ay, amiga. Pues sí. Quiero llorar, la verdad. But I think we should we should make an episode where we talk more about, like, the parent dynamics. Yeah, parent with dynamics. the immigrant parent dynamics. Yeah. Um. So... Ahorita lloramos juntas. Lloramos. <laughs> um, did you ever feel imposter syndrome? 
Yes, all the time. Like, especially my freshman year. Honestly, my freshman through junior year until I realized, like, it's not that serious, you know? Uh, porque I was in all these places with all these professors. And, of course, I feel like within immigrant families or, like, any, you know, yeah, black and brown families, you're taught, like, respect your elders. And, like, you can't do this, you can't do that. Yes, you mess in Like, I wouldn't go up to my professors or ask questions in class because I was, like, I have to respect them. And, like, they, they don't deserve to be derailed by my question. Like, I don't deserve the time to, like, ask a question or, like, have them deal with my lack of understanding. That's how I felt. And so that and then having classmates that were just like you know extremely smart or like were more out there and were not afraid to ask questions or were not afraid to reach out to professors even go to office hours girl i never mm. i i think i i tried going once <laughs> girl i had to get out and like especially when i started going into my junior and senior year classes professors were really open to office hours and like talking to you And most of my professors loved me, but I just was afraid. I was afraid that I would just be uh, a bother. I I also never went. I went a couple of times, but very little. But I think for me, it was such a weird dynamic to, like you said, approach professors. But then also I felt like, what does one say? <laughs> you know, I was so confused on how to have like a relationship with them Same. when All I saw them as was like older, like higher ahead people that were ahead of me in life yeah. or like more intellectual. And it was just so scary. I was also the first time that I went in freshman year, the professor was such a B. Like she was so mean. Oh. She made me feel, she belittled me. They make you feel stupid. They made, she made me feel stupid. Oh, and I was no. just like, okay, never again, never again. And truly, quite truly, I never went no, again. See, no, 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 no. But, yeah, and I, I think also something about it was that I, I actually, my last year, my last class, one of my last classes, I took a Latin American class, Ooh. and it was virtual because Rona, um, but the professor was um, from Ecuador, and he was super cool. He was Aww. like, you remember Mr. Sarmiento sí, sí, from sí. elementary school? <laughs> he reminded me of that. Aww. He was super gentle, super kind, um, and I... I went to his office hours because I felt like I had something to connect to. I had oh, something to relate okay. about. We could talk about our culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. And with all my other white professors, I was like, What do you how about? do you introduce yourself? I can't even really say I'm Mexican because I feel I'm going to get, <laughs> you know, like stereotyped, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. And for me, my identity is so much, so much a part of my personality Same. that if I don't, can't really talk about that or share that then what what am i gonna go say you know yeah because yeah. i feel like for me to build personal relationships i gotta talk about me and you know they always talk about no it's not only a professional relationship it's a personal relationship with your professors so yeah, i don't that that really threw me off guard and most of my professors were white if not every one of them <laughs> yeah most of them were and if not i did not feel comfortable going up to them because i was like what am i gonna say like they're I feel like I would get belittled low-key. So I was like, I'm not even going to go because, you know, I'm not. I already struggle. I don't want to, like, 
feel it even more. And then also, I feel like it was, the timing was not feasible for me. Like I said, I was always working. I had a part-time yeah. job or I had community service hours to do or like the many extracurricular extracurriculars that one is a part of because, you know, you got to work extra hard. See. There was never time for me to go to office hours. Like going to office hours would have yeah. been a, a privilege. Yeah, going to office hours was a privilege. And like, so my mentality was like, I either get this subject or I don't. And that's it. Exactly. I got to figure it out on my own. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to office hours because I can't or I don't want to. And, like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I either get it or don't. Yeah. And then along the same thing with, like, asking questions, I would never answer. I would never ask questions. Me neither. Simply because I was, one, afraid of looking dumb. Same here. I did never wanted to feel dumb. And even if I had, like, or even responding to questions, I was Ooh. afraid of looking dumb. And... Turns out that there was dumber people than me. There's Ooh, always bro, dumber there's people always than me. Dumber people than you. And like some of these questions they would ask professors, I had to answer anyways. But like they were dumb. Even now I would be like, oh my gosh, why they ask that? But like it takes a lot to ask a question. So honestly, congratulations to them. So who's the dumb one? <laughs> I know who's really the dumb one. <laughs> yeah, I and also I I think I felt a lot of imposter syndrome when I was like working. That we in my school we did co-ops, so oh, we co-ops. would, um, it was like six month internships, and in these co-ops, like I th- I would have this like, you know, I'm the intern, I'm the youngest one in the company, you know, I'm the I'm the small one. I would always feel like little and like dumb and like I didn't really know anything, but then actually working around like older people, I realized how smart I truly am because they don't they don't know a lot of things, and apart from like older people, even in classes, like some people are really actually kind of lacking critical thinking skills it's insane to like realize that older people or like what you presume are smarter people are really not and like we i feel like we're so smart we're really smart and like have our stuff together like i would go to these places and no 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 like critical thinking or like they would not be as smart as you think most of um their jobs were through connections honestly yeah connections or like hard work like not smarts not brains no and that's when i realized i was like i need to stop doubting my greatness Mm -hmm. minimizing my intelligence and like playing small because in reality we're not dumb we're not dumb we're not we have so many skills that i think we just need to own up and like own up our greatness and I think that falls back on always kind of thinking you have to do better or always thinking you have to work harder or, you know, yeah. never never being rewarded or validated by parents or anyone t- telling you, like, great job or, like, you, you're you so smart or you're d- doing great at this X, Y, and Z. Um, and so now it, that translated into feeling like you're never good enough. Yeah. When in reality, you are. You are. You have. You have so many skills. Even just like starting the podcast, I realized like there are so many skills that I've applied from like creative thinking yeah. or or writing or you know just all these things that I'm realizing. Wow, I actually do have skills. Yeah, you have. We like we have a lot of skills that we underplay. Yes. Because we are never celebrated, or like not that we have to be, but uh, we just don't see ourselves as, you know smarter than anyone better than anyone or like better than any professional but we are sometimes we are and it's just insane to think 
that we have all these we have so much potential like the the amount of potential we have is insane and also our outlook on life is different because we've been through all these struggles we've been through all these things and most people like in professional arenas professional places don't like they only have this specific outlook and most of the people in there have the same outlook because they uh have similar stories and ours kind of deviates from that story because again we're not white you know mm-hmm. so i feel like even our outlook on life is val- like so valid because we have like we know what a real not that uh, i don't know how to explain it. yeah you know what in my last semester of college my spring semester um i had a class social entre- entrepreneurship class mm-hmm. um and the professor was big on class participation and like it was a grade Mm -hmm. and one day he said hey guys like if you still haven't spoken in the class we have a couple classes left I would really encourage you to do so I feel like we've cultivated a safe space and you know you should feel comfortable to speak um even if someone has already said the thing you were trying to say even if you feel like you're the thing you want to say is not good enough say it because it's your voice it comes from your perspective. It mm-hmm. comes from your your mouth, like your voice, yeah. and it's valid and it's and it's important. And we, you deserve to, your voice deserves to be heard. And that hit so hard because also this professor was like, like a old white guy who okay. was kind of mean, <laughs> but it hit so hard. And it was kind of like the like it applied to me in so many different ways where I was like, you know what, you're right. He's right. He's right. My voice is valid. You are truly uniquely you. Yeah. No one has your experiences. Of course, people can relate to you. And like mm. we, us as like having similar backgrounds, we have similar identities. But at the end of the day, no in every you. space that you're in, you're not going to be around the same. The same. Like it's not going to be the same no. experiences, same background. And you're always going to have a unique perspective. Yeah. And you're always going to have a valuable opinion yeah input um so that just really stuck out to me and i don't know i would just encourage us and anyone to just continue to you know speak out speak out be yourself and live your live your truth because live your truth and we all go through struggles we all go through like hardships but at the end of the day like just make it work and be who you like want to be without Fear of judgment from like your decisions, whatever you're gonna do, with todo eso. Yeah, be be genuine. Be stay genuine. Tr- stay true to yourself, because at the end of the day, that's the most rewarding thing. Yeah, and it's you could life. try to people please all you want, but Mm-mm. at the end of it, it's up to what you want and yeah. what makes you happy. Mm. Oh wait, we got really <laughs> wow. <laughs> Inspirational book coming 2024. <laughs> Just kidding. Or uh, maybe yeah, putting it out in the universe. Maybe I will yeah. write a book. Maybe I will you write should. a book. Y'all, she's a great writer. Like a great writer. I took creative writing once. <laughs> Yo. No, I took journalistic writing. A. A. And I, yeah, it makes sense for me to, to love it. It's yeah. just like plain dry into the book. <laughs> I feel like that was a really good place to stop. Yeah, let's. Let's end it there. Let's end it there. Um, if anyone needs any more advice on college or navigating that part of life, FAFSA, TESPA, 
feel free to reach out yeah. at dualidadpod or in our personal email emails <laughs> instagrams yeah um yeah I, i'd be happy to help Same and maybe later down the road maybe we could make another episode but mm-hmm. for now I'll that's that to you send me a message i'll respond eventually yeah yeah all right Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> We really appreciate all of you. Yes, yes. Until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye.